best ongoing game. Um, uh, th for so this category, it, it's, can you explain it, what this is? This is the best. This is the the game that got the most love. The most, I would say, like this is a quantity and quality at the same time. This is like the game that you know had the biggest leaps and strides and got the best, got better in 2022. So, is this a game as a service or yes. not? Like, yeah, is this that is what like you want to think this is this, is this is games as a service. Um, the, this is like. Okay. This is like what what is the game that is like the best service that's like you you might have started it in 2021 2020 or something like that and you're even happier to play it in 2022 so on this list we have valorant marvel snap which i guess like well you know it doesn't have to have come out previously um guilty gear league of legends monster guilty gear strive league of legends monster hunter rise Dead Maybe. cells I, that might make sense somewhere else, but we'll see. And into the breach, um, so I, I wrote down some of the things that that uh, uh, that came to some of these games. Yeah, um, so I might have to think about this a little bit more because technically some of these games had great DLC and great support, but not necessarily uh, ongoing. Yeah, um, that could be like best move, I guess. Um, uh, that was kind of the difference. Um, so Valorant got uh, Harbor. Uh, a new character and one of my favorites, but uh, not everyone's favorite, um, where he is a really cool kind of smoke character that that has a lot of cool, unique abilities, like creating the, the a cove, a, a safe haven little bubble that um, you can plant in. I just love the way he kind of rolls out onto uh, the field. Um, Fade is a information gathering character that uh, throws an eye that marks people, and she can throw like these dogs out that she can either kind of control these like creepy dog ghost things that she can either control and they lock onto enemies when they see them or they'll follow the path of enemies um neon is a fast kind of like rush down duelist character that um can create a a, a lane um to two phoenix walls and kind of like run on site she has a sprint it's the first character in the game to have that to have like a a um uh, sprint in the game. Uh, the game all uh, they also came out with Pearl this year. Uh, had a lot of UI changes, and one of the bigger ones definitely was the skin randomizer. Um, it's been something that uh, we've talked about for a while. Of like, there's so many good skins, and they just keep coming out with them, and then they come out with these battle passes. And if you have like, you know, if you have a Vandal you like, if you have a Phantom you like, then like, what is the reason to play with more? to buy more skins like you can only play with one of them at a time and i think that this was a really good quality of life change to, to make for making those big skin collections like mine um feel a little bit more fun where you could put a you could uh favorite uh skins and then put uh set your skin to random so that every game you pull out a different skin um they've even made it better now where um the, you can even uh, favorite colors of the skin. So if you have a color you don't like or color you do like, you can favorite those. So it's just like a fun little thing of like, in every game I, you know, buy a gun and then I'm like, which one am I going to get, you know, this time? Um, so there there was a, a fair amount mm. of updates. I, I have huge disagree on this. I think that the this was a really poor year for Valorant updates. Um, the updates have been pretty slow, which is which is fine. I mean... You know, at one point they said that we were getting a character every season. That hasn't that you know that kind of petered down. Yeah, well, it used uh, to be like remember for a little while it was like oh. character every season and then map every 
every yeah, start so the, of the, the other whatever. thing is like the skin the skin randomizer i'm glad you're happy with it it's a total cop-out like what the game needed and what the game continues to need is loadouts per character i i think that there are things and and them saying like that it's technically not possible is like it's a little embarrassing like <laughs> i don't know how that's like not possible for them to have that i mean these are things that like in league of legends like when i choose my character i could choose my my skins and my ward and everything right there. I, I don't really understand. I think that uh, it, it was a pretty uh, sparse and 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 sad year for for Valorant on updates. Yeah, I mean, the it's, characters it's, are cool. I don't think it's going to win. Best. I, I I like those characters. Um, uh, I I still continue to like the game. I think that the balance has gotten a lot better. I think that for the most part, a lot of the stuff that uh, our group used to complain about, I think, has improved. Um, uh, they did like some nerfs to make jet more technical um and jet's still strong but is a little bit less of a constant problem um like you know stuff like op changed this year to be um uh a little bit less ridiculous and uh chamber uh, was out of control and got uh uh, nerfed a lot and taken down a lot and um uh, I, th- I think it was overall a pretty good year, but I but I think that you're I, I don't disagree with you, and I think that you're right. I don't think it'll win it. It, it is uh, sort of uh, dies by omission um, because uh, we it was a, a little bit like that is a little bit slower than the changes you might expect for a, a new as new of a game as Valorant still is. Um, you would maybe hope that there was a little bit more. Um, and you, and I think that at this point in time, you would still really like, it's still like there's, they're lacking some obvious things. There's still no replay, which is something that I've always wanted. I, I, they're working on it now, but no play of the game. No, no, yeah. No play of the game kind of thing would be kind of cool. Uh, there's still a lot of like little things that you'd be like, Hey, why are they missing this in this year? I think that they could do better on training modes. I think that they should have more of like a, uh, like they still have that bare bones kind of aim assist thing in the the uh, the the target practice kind of, but I think that they could do better with that. Um, I still think that they have a lot of stuff to improve, and maybe next year will be better. Um, Marvel Snap uh, uh, has a, had a lot of just good changes, and I think it is out of a lot of these, it is the most vocal devs. Um, one of the big changes that happened was they added collector's tokens. Um, so it used to be that, that you could get open caches and you would find in the caches um, uh, boosters. And the boosters are, what ha- are a resource that helps you go up the collection track. But it kind of just felt like kicking the can. Like you were opening the pack, the, the uh, cache, hoping for a new card or at least maybe like a big thing of credits to, uh, which is a rarer resource than the boosters. It's harder... Thing to find but boosters are something that you could always grind out um boosters you get for playing with the cards so if there's a if there's a card you want to target it's it's pretty actually really easy to to um target them for boosters so it felt like a bad reward so they took that out they put in collector's tokens which also um it helps players uh it, uh f- focus down on something that they want so um it's the way where your shop rotates uh three times a day and you can pin a card that you really really want and the collector's tokens help you buy a card. So if there's a card that you just like are not getting, and pool three is big, pool four is big, pool five is impossible to get some of those cards. So that is that is a huge update. Um, there's been I think up until uh, this is January of 2023, um, which doesn't 
count, I guess, for the, the purposes of this podcast is the worst uh, time to play Marvel Snap. But definitely prior to that, uh, I think the meta was a lot healthier and the devs did a fantastic job of balancing things. I think we're in the first kind of time I where... Think, I think it's about to get much better. I hope so, because the two cards that are kind of the most problematic the are on the chopping... Yeah. Uh, are on the chopping block and the next but, month looks like a lot healthier and more fun. So yeah. I, I, I hope that cha- the, the updates look better. I, I think that Marvel Snap is on here more because the incredible, incredible vocalization of the devs. I think that, you know, they're, uh, they are on Twitter all the time. Ben Brode is very vocal about things. I think that Maybe they've gotten a little bit more quiet because the community is so awful sometimes and hates people so much. But this game is like fantastic about roadmaps and saying this is exactly what we want to do. They said that they were going to do the battle pass mode, or the, the um they said that they were they're going to do friendly battles. They launched that now. You know, like they're they're very good about giving about uh, uh, giving updates. They're good about saying these are the cards that we want to target that are on the chopping block that are for changes. Um, and you know they're just very vocal and like that needs to get appreciated. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive is another game that I play a lot of. Uh, it, this year, we had a lot of characters. Uh, Biken, Testament, Bridget, Sin, two new stages. Uh, one of the bigger changes out of all these, opponent ping, uh, finally uh, uh, visible, and crossplay, which is a massive, massive change. Um, but I think, like, uh, like all, all, as much as I like all those characters... Um, I think Guilty Gear is, out of all of these, it has the quietest devs, and it's very confusing to see, like, what are they doing? You know, this is, like, the most popular Guilty Gear game, but I think that Arx has kind of bit off more they can chew recently, where um, they're, they're doing all these different fighting games, and it feels like Guilty Gear Strive, as big as it is, and as big as the fact that it's, like, probably the biggest fighting game right now in terms of hardcore fighting game players it definitely has the most um entrance it had the most entrance at evo it just feels like it's not getting um it's not getting the the love from the developers so so even though that like those characters are good additions um uh i i think that the the, the it's, it's another one of those omission kind of things where i don't think that the, the devs have been like insanely quiet on a lot of things and there's a lot of like basic things i just wish for like where are there's no new skins no no new like colors or anything um the updates to the characters are really slow the balance patches have been really weird i think like the, in, in a lot of cases they're, they I, are all over the place but they're interesting i will say that yeah i don't think they always make great changes but i think that it's always like entertaining to go in and be like, why did they fucking change this? Yeah, there's a lot it's of like weird. You go into the characters and you're like, okay, why does this interaction do this now? This doesn't make this character any better. Yeah, there's a lot of like weird things with the changes. It kind of it always feels to me like when they do their big balance changes that they have like an intern that does it. So when they try and add like new weird things, or they're like, okay, so you know, this, this, this move has to work in a different way that it kind of seems like Jerry rigged or modded to do it. Like I, I, I've been really waiting for there to be like a big strive 2.0 that gives like new ability, new characters or new, like new moves, you know, would be a really cool thing. New normals or something bigger to play around with that really shakes things up. And they, I just don't feel like they've really done that. Um, so it's another one of those, like, I don't think it can win. It's going to like lose by omission. Um, League of Legends, durability update, right? New dragons. League of Legends, 
Yeah, League of Legends had a lot going on this year. League of Legends obviously continues to iterate. Uh, really excited for the next set of changes. Obviously, it's too early to start talking about those, but there's going to be massive changes that are going to make AD carry feel a little bit re more relevant. AD carry is the main role that I play, so I really look through this game through the lens of like playing what is uh, often the most tragic class to play. Um, let me add a, have to add a later mission to this. Okay, so, yeah, and it's also been a good year for League of Legends with regards to characters. Uh, four really interesting, unique characters were added this year. Renata is a support character uh, that uh, sort of feels like they came out of the world of um, Arcane. I don't I don't think Renata was in... Was Renata in Arcane? I don't think so. Wasn't but she... She, definitely, she wasn't the lady in Arcane? arcane the, the, the like the evil the evil person who kind of is with what is no name, so. that's savika you might be thinking of yeah i think you're thinking of savika um so i think that she was great uh zary same voice actor that they used for neon and weirdly like Valorant. it was almost like a tie because they both came out at the same time so it was like this weird like similar semi-tie-in event of like a uh filipino well, the, 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 the voice artist is here let's have them do some do some voice for both games. They're kind of like they're they're quick characters. They're lightning based. They don't they both have like little short pigtail kind of things, little pig buns. Yeah. So they they look very very similar. Um. So it's an interesting thing. Belveth, I do not like the look of this character. I feel like this is like a hugely missed opportunity. Yeah, she's like a monster, sort of like a void monster, who like turns into like a crazier void monster once she gets her ult going. And then Cassante is the character that they released with um, Worlds that has the um, uh, tie-in with, um, oh my god, what's his name? Who's the the artist who performed at Worlds? Very popular, Old uh, Town Road. Star Walkin'. Um, Lil Nas oh my X. God, what's wrong? Lil Nas X. I'm, I'm, my brain is starting to go. Uh, so he helped them develop some of the, the concepts for the prestige Cassante skin, which is pretty cool. Good year for League. Um, Worlds was really awesome this year. Uh, it was a really terrific event. Um, always looking forward to seeing what they come up with next. So excited for League, optimistic for League. Um, yeah, nice way to go, right? Keep it up. Dead Cells, it's so Dead Cells, you know, you could say that they have like a great DLC, but I think that it's more than just a DLC. This year has had so many updates uh, that it's hard to really put one of them and say this one DLC really changed things. Uh, so they came out with a couple of expansions this year. The queen in the sea was one of the larger ones. Uh, they also had a, updates. Everyone is here. I think they have another, maybe one or two of these uh, more planned at this point or have released, uh, which is where they've done some tie-ins with other games where you could get like um, the, the needle from hollow Knight. You can get like some of the masks from, and weapons from Hotline Miami. Um, you can get some of the, the class items from Slay the Spire uh, in this game. So all that really neat stuff where it's really like a, a lot of these indie games really celebrate each other. And that's really cool to see. It's nice to see Dead, Dead Cells getting in on that. Uh, and then uh, they had a really extensive accessibility update, which, uh, you know, it doesn't matter as much to us, but I'm sure that uh, there are some people who, for the first time, got to play Dead Cells for whatever reason. Whether it's colorblindness, maybe it's the the challenge of the game, uh, some of the, the way the text is written, uh, you know. So I think those types of updates are really important. 
Um, and the other one I wanted to mention, and you know, maybe this matters more to me than others, uh, and maybe this could go into the uh, best move, but I think that they've done a lot, so it's worth putting into here, uh, is Blade and Sorcery. Uh, so it's a game that I've talked about a little bit before. It's a game that uh, you know we've discussed uh, on VR. It's going to come up again in the VR section. Uh, Blade and Sorcery, uh, it's right now more of like a tech demo demonstration, but they are slowly building out a campaign for this game. Uh, it is primarily like a very uh, a hardcore VR physics simulator with uh, melee combat and magic. Uh, and they did some really, really terrific things this year um, that I had pulled up the page for and then immediately closed out as soon as I started talking about it. So that's that's always good. Well done, James. Uh, but, but one of the main things that they've done this year is they've worked on um, magic infusion for weapons. So like taking... Uh, fire into your hands and like uh, spreading the fire across your weapon so that the weapon is then imbued with it uh, which can lead to some really awesome effects um, my favorite one is the gravity which is you can add um, gravity magic to your weapon and then when you hit somebody with it they'll start like floating helplessly in the air uh, they've added the ability to um, hold uh, two sets of magic in both hands and combine them so you could take two gravity uh, and like put them together and it forms like this gravity surge in your hands and then you rip it apart and then it makes like this giant like um, sort of like sonic boom around you that turns into like a time bubble where everyone starts floating. Uh, they've added a sort of like Kamehameha fire blast where you put two fireballs together and you throw them out like a Hadouken and that is like, that is like so sick. They've updated some of the, the way the clothing works. They've updated like your home base. They've updated the door physics. They've updated swimming. They, it's It's been a really busy and crazy year for them. And I really hope that at the end of this, uh, a big developer like takes notice and says, hey, we want to take Blade and Sorcery and make a uh, Skyrim, like a new Skyrim experience that is specific to VR using your systems because they're way fucking better than what we've done. Uh, so that's really, you know, I, I think that Blade and Sorcery is looking really good. So what is your winner for Best Ongoing? Uh, it's hard not to say Dead Cells again. Oh, yeah? It's hard not to say Dead Cells. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like it's too early to say Marvel Snap. I feel like that's it's kind of like a, a funny answer, because it's like they just kind of got started. Oh, they. Like, I it, mean, it, yeah, it was like, like, what was it? Uh, where we have it up here. Um, was it June? No. When was it playable? When was it like open? Well, the 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 game opened on October eighteenth. Okay. So, like for so, so like it so feels been like, a little funny to say like that four it's months like... of it. I mean, I, I I kind of was leaning there because it's been so vocal, and there's there's been fantastic changes. I think a lot of the stuff that was like hugely complained about, I think, got nipped in the bud, um, and that and that there's a lot of like answers for stuff they, going they on. They did take a power off of Arrow. Ah, oh, yeah, Arrow needs a little bit more. Um, it did take a power off of Arrow. I don't know. Um, it, it's weird because in terms of games that I'm most optimistic about, I, I feel like Blade and Sorcery is there. There are games that I didn't play this year that I'm also optimistic about. Apex Legends uh, isn't on this list. Path of Exile, missing from this list. Um, it's been a quiet year for me with regards to Path of Exile. 
I'm, I'm a little bit checked out. Not that they're not doing cool things. One of my favorite things that they've done in Path of Exile, this is going to sound ridiculous to some people, but the battle pass in Path of Exile is really, really cool. Um, and, and some of the stuff that the, the new, their new cosmetics that they're doing, which are more than just armor and weapons, but there are things like um, special effects when you level up and uh, when you activate certain types of flasks, this happens with your character. And the battle pass uh, has new uh, skins and abilities for specific uniques. So when you find a specific unique, you can apply uh, these uh, skins to it, which will give it new effects, new like visual effects and new spell effects and stuff like that is really cool. Um, hmm. But for best ongoing, I guess I'll give it to League of Legends. Um, I think that these were good characters. I think that the durability update, while not all the way there, is still a step in the right direction. I'm going to give it to Marvel Snap. I think that I agree with you that it's a little early to say, but I think that the... Uh, 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 I, I feel like very few games even hit the ground, ground running with this vocal of of devs. I feel like they have done fantastic changes to the game and they made it um, better before making it worse this month. And that hopefully uh, my... I, I am I, optimistic for Marvel Snap. And also like, man, I, I'm getting worse at that game. Uh, and that's on me. I, I, I think it's that I'm playing worse and worse decks. And I'm entertained by dumber shit as the game goes on. <laughs> so I keep falling in ranks. Right now I'm just playing Morph. I'm playing my Morph deck. He's great. He's a 312. But sometimes uh, he turns into Hell Cow and discards your win conditions. Oh, good. <laughs> He's so sick. I should have put that on best design cards. Oh, yeah. Just a couple more things to discuss. So starting with Very best nice. move. Yeah, this is a best individual kind of one big thing that made a game better um and i guess it'll make more sense as we go through the category so valorant the skin randomizer marvel snap the token shop guilty gear strive the enemy connection warning uh elden ring open worlding souls the the souls formula into the breach advanced edition uh blaze blue central fiction um blaze blue tag both got rollback netcode exert got rollback had a rollback test but now just in january uh, got ro true rollback. Um, Hitman Freelancer mode. That's an honorable mention because it did come out this year. So I don't know if it's going to make the list, but I do want to talk about it. Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, which is a huge, which is you know, massive title update. Um, and Persona Five being on Switch and PC release. Oh man, I wish that I had that one happened a couple years ago. Yeah. So let's get down to it. So we already talked about the uh, Valorant skin randomizer. Do you have any uh? final thoughts on this do you have a reason no, I, that i i just like it so game? much I, like i i i out of all of them it's like one of the better um uh quality of life changes that has come to valorant yeah. um to i me, i just feel like it's a cop-out i just feel it, like it could it's be better not what i wanted like why is it not why is it not character loadouts sure it, it's weird that like if i'm playing omen i want my spooky gun if i'm playing cypher i want like my high-tech gun like, I don't want it to be random. I want it I want it to be very specific because I want there to be a reason that I buy a set. Like, if I'm going to buy, like, their winter set, which is, like, all frozen, I'm going to buy it because I'm like, that would look really cool with Sage. Yeah. This just reminds, this update, and I'm sorry, I've said it before, it just reminds me of what we don't have. Sure. Um, 
I, I agree with you. Like, I, I think I still think it's awesome. Um, but I do think that like it's seventy five percent awesome. That like it could have been a one hundred percent win. I don't know. I I'm not a dev. I don't understand like why they can and can't do things. Um, sure. Uh, but but I I yeah I'm not entirely sure. I don't know why. I especially don't know why they don't just let you have like loadouts set up on the like like in the client or whatever and then before the game loads in to change them i feel like that would be like the big pro- i don't know i would think that would be like the big problem right is like is like having like loading in or something and having to load in the different skins but i, I don't understand yeah i don't really know um the marvel snap token shop just a big change it just definitely helped people um hone in on the cards that they really want which i think is really good um before that it was just complete complete luck and now you can actually like focus on something that you really really want yeah and this came out very shortly after the game released right this came out like the the game came out in october and this happened in what november yeah i think like late november or or yeah actually no came out yeah late november early december so the game wasn't out too like long before this uh, update release not to discredit it but also i will say that i do have some issues with the token shop and with card acquisition in general uh and maybe you know, it's a it's a different system than something like um and i don't know when there's a better time to talk about this so maybe now is the time to talk about this um marvel snack de- decks are small they're only 12 cards uh, for better or worse, which means you don't actually need uh, to have a lot of cards to get a deck. Um, no duplicates, right? So it, you, it, you it never need to out, have like... Yeah. yeah. It trims out a lot of the fluff, but uh, that comes with its own set of issues. So, and, and maybe I've already talked about this, but what you what you get when, um, when, you, when a Hearthstone expansion releases or when a Hearthstone adventure releases is it's a ton of excitement like guaranteed changes to the meta because it's not just like one card or like five cards releasing. It's like every class is getting, and you know, it's a class-based game with uh, like what, 10 classes in it or something like that. Yeah. There's more every, now because there's demon hunter, but I thought that that was the 10th. Um, but oh, each yeah, of I, those, that sounds right. Yeah. Each of those classes is getting, you know, cards from multiple of its archetypes it's like a real exciting celebration when it releases. And in Marvel Snap, when a new season starts, it's like you get one card. Uh, Sometimes then, that actually can be a huge difference, though, because like the last sure, seasons sure, sure. like like Surfer. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to argue that. Uh, this is strictly from like an excitement standpoint. And I want to and that's where I want to talk to. That's where I get to the token shop. Right. Because. Once you get to the end of the game, you're very rarely getting cards off of the collector's track anymore. Yeah. You're very rarely opening cards through the blind boxes. The only way that you're consistently getting cards is through the token shop. Um, and that doesn't feel good. Like, it, it's fun to open stuff and then to think about the possibilities of, of those cards. So, and the token shop... Uh, it, it kind of takes that away. There's there's a bit of magic to it when you're going through pool three and you finally, the, the card that you finally wanted comes up at the token shop and you get it 
and it feels really satisfying to have. Well, I mean, let's not even talk about the token shop. Away. Like, there's magic in pool three when you're you're grinding it out and you're like, oh, I just got this new card. What can I? I got Deadpool. How can I? with the cards that I have right now, how can I slot that in? What would be a good deck? And I think that it's even cooler at the, during that pool because you your your collection is incomplete, but so are a lot of the people you're fighting. So you're just trying to figure out um, with the with the pieces that I have, how could I make something? And if I even if you're looking to look up like popular meta decks with full collections, you're trying to figure out like, okay, so this card kind of serves this function. What can I replace yeah. that with? And I think I, I totally agree with you that the token shop is like band-aid-ish a little bit where I just wish that you were getting that, that the collection acquisition was a little bit better because it would be cool to open a box and then get Galactus and say like, whoa, I don't have. Like, I did that's, that. Yeah. Like, that happened to me. Uh, it'd be cool to get that and be like, damn, what can I do with this card? Have um, you opened a series five? Have I? Probably not, right? You bought, you have Thanos and Darkhawk, and you bought. Them I bought, both from I the bought shop. Thanos and I bought Darkhawk. Yeah. Okay, but but yeah, so I think the 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 token shop, it's it's there because they there needs to be like these cards. The, the idea of it is they never want you to have everything, right? So they make this one class of cards. These pool five cards come out and they're exceptionally rare. They are a one in four hundred chance of getting them out of a collector's reserve. And there are some people, and it, there's no pity on it, so there are some people who are, you know, collection level 10,000, and they don't have any. They just don't, they didn't open it yet. Um, that's, that's, that's a little rough, right? Uh, and it's, it's this weird thing of also, like, they're, with this new season, they released all of these flavorful cards, like Shayna and, like, Sauron, who are part of, like, the Savage Lands, and have cool synergies, like Shayna and Zabu, like they would work together, but you don't get to experience that because Shane is a one in four hundred chance to show up from your from your collection reserves. So the only way to see her is through the collection shop. And while it's great that the collection shop is there and it removes that randomness and it helps people get that missing piece, um, it's a poor implementation. Like it's not the fix that they need. It's not. It, it's not all the way there. There needs to be something else. There needs to be some other acquisition or they need to put collector's tokens. Here's my idea. And I'm going to sneeze before I say it. All right. So my idea is that the battle pass gives you a different type of currency, some sort of like, um, like savage tokens, right? And the battle pass contains like a thousand savage tokens. And once you get a thousand savage tokens, uh, you have the opportunity to purchase one of the four cards that came out during the Savage Land season. So you would have the opportunity to, at the end of the battle pass, make your pick. You get to choose between Shayna or Sauron or Shadow King or Dazzler, right? And I think that that would make it so that these cards are still scarce, but that everyone gets to experience and enjoy like, oh, the card that I've been waiting for all month, it's, it's here. The Shadow King is out. I've been saving my Savage tokens for him. And maybe if you don't, if, uh, you don't use those uh, tokens by the end of a certain amount of time, maybe they give you like an extra month, then they convert into collector's tokens. Um, I still think that this system that I proposed is not perfect, um, but I think that it would go a long ways in making uh, these weekly card releases 
uh, exciting for a broader group of people. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a hard balancing act that they have to deal with because inherently, as you make more cards, it's really hard to make those cards feel special. Um, it's really hard to have that balancing act of... Yeah, and what if you want to make a card that's not special? What if there's a, a need for something that's not very interesting and you want to put it into the game? You're putting that into Series 5? That feels weird. Like, yeah. Shadow King feels weird in Series 5. Yeah, sure. Like, he needs to go down a step. Uh, I, I just... It, it's it's hard because, like, it, it, it can be, like... It, it's hard to get that magic of that pool three back of like you're you're just opening up the caches and figuring out what you have and making decks around everything and it's always going to be good that people don't have every card but like you said it's like they they're not at a good balance yet but the quicker that they do give cards or if they add like a pity timer on fives which maybe they just should do anyway that it'll be quicker that everyone has all the cards and that like i don't i don't know if that's healthy either and like i don't know it's just it's it's hard to it's it's hard to say right like it, like it's some of some of it is cool that there's all these like super rare cards that you like see them and you're like whoa i didn't like expect that like that's crazy that that guy got so lucky or that they have shadow king or something and they have a cool skin for it and like whoa i haven't even seen that yet um but then the other thing is like you just can't beat that um that 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 gold rush that happens during pool three where you're just getting new cards and making new decks and it just feels so cool and unique it's hard it's a, it's it, it is like a hard thing and the token shop yeah isn't it's i think it's a great update and i think it is awesome and i do think in a lot of ways it is band-aid like um guilty gear strive got the enemy connection warning uh this is just like this is a huge deal but it's insane that it took so long it's like two years like three years old, I think at this point, and we finally have a thing online that shows the enemy connections, which is like just wild, absolutely wild. That used to just set you up with a fight. Um, is Guilty Gear does have like the best rollback netcode I think I've ever played with. So, in a lot of cases, even on the not best, like it, it it's not even like you always thought that much about connections. I think I played a lot of Tower and. I don't think I, th I usually thought too much about a connection. If it was bad, I just, you know, wouldn't go back into it again. But it's finally nice that there's a, a warning for this kind of stuff. Kind of insane that it just took so long. So it's almost in that Valorant thing of, yes, it, this is a huge update, a huge step forward. But, like, wow, why, you know, could have been better, could have happened earlier. Um, Elden Ring open-worlding the souls. It's, it's like, this is a big deal. Uh, um, uh, this is pretty wild because... It made the Souls format feel more personal, more arcane. It also more... really made the game mainstream. Yeah. People wanted this kind of thing. So, so I think that not only did it... I think it helped uh, make the game and the franchise a lot bigger. I just think that there's, there's something incredibly special about... Uh, you know, those moments where it's an open world and you go onto that lake and that dragon flies down, you know, and stuff like stuff like that. Seeing the elevator, the, dude, the, the, the elevator, going, uh, uh, seeing the underground uh, world for the, the for the first time. You like those kind of things are like or, or the Erd tree and just knowing that your your pilgrimage is to that Erd tree that's always in the distance. This there's a uh, lot of really, really reminiscent of Breath of the Wild where you had Ganon's castle. I think that there's a lot of um, 
uh, subtle aspects about this one change to the Souls formula that just did such an inc- a crazy step forward. I, it's just like, it, it, it very yeah. much reminds me of Breath of the Wild. And, and I know that it is very much a, uh, a, a, a similar move, right? Because they took Zelda and then made it open world. And then a lot of games tried to take that mm. Breath of the Wild format. And this is and, obviously... Yeah. Uh, a similar move, but but in the context of Souls... And yet, the issue with it, right? Is, well, I mean, I, I just think that, I just think overall, like, it is incredible. Like, it would be, I think that in a lot of ways, uh, it, it does better good than it does bad. I mean, obviously, sure. be- because of how big the world is, they did, re- they did end up reusing a lot of uh, uh, assets, so you do... Uh, get to see a lot of the same stuff later yeah, on. And there, there are parts of the world that feel underbaked compared to others. I think that there are some areas, especially towards the end of the game, the uh, snow areas are a lot more sparse. Um, and, and I just think that, you know, uh, if you if you take the best of Elden Ring and you stitch it all together, then it's the best Dark Souls. It, it's some of the best Dark Souls content. It's not Dark Souls 2, but, <laughs> but it's some of the best Dark Souls content ever, up. right? Like the um, the 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 castle is really terrific. Faramazul was uh, the crumbling Faramazul was one of my favorites. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Faramazul. Um, I think. Yeah, uh, the the academy was really terrific, and I I loved going through that open world. But I can also understand the issue of there were a lot of uh, those those dungeons that were just like here's a cave, here's a catacomb. A lot of repeat stuff. Yeah. I Which I don't know. I, I think can't, for, there can't be infinite content. There can't be infinite content. I think for me though, like the feeling of discovery was pretty unmatched. It was like that that Breath of the Wild, like just just there hasn't been a game like it. And I think with Souls and that that feeling of foreboding or or un, that that lack of safety, um, just in 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 open world game, I, I just think that there was so much. It's such a unique element added to it. I think that there there was I, I remember the the months of of us talking about it in the friend group. It was kind of this this big thing of of oh did you see this thing? Uh, uh, did you go over here and see this thing? And then the, then someone would be like oh what are you what are you talking about? I think I know what you're talking about. And you kind of like tiptoe around it until you you knew that there was that you saw the same thing, and then you'd be like oh my god how crazy is it? And try and keep that secret from the other friends and and. Uh, there's, there's just, just like so much to talk about of like insane things um, and just that that like feeling to discovery. I think that that for me, uh, even though, like you said, the uh, the areas that are uh, that are like the main story quest areas uh, are really, really good. I think for me, the thing that I was that I thought was the favorite was just moving around in the world. It was just like how good it felt. The, it, like the, that horse, the best goddamn horse in video games, right? Like you just jump on that thing and you're going, and it controls great and it feels awesome moving around that world. And there's so many like nooks and crannies, and it's like it's hard not to appreciate what a big deal deal this was. What about Into the Breach? What's Advanced Edition do? Oh, I feel like I've talked about it so many times. And if it's not on your Steam Deck and you own Into the Breach, you should probably put this thing on your Steam Deck. I did, and I just do not like Into the Breach. I'm so bad at it. You don't like it. I'm so bad at it. You're infinite in Marvel Snap. You have to be good at these turn-based games. Oh, I'm so bad at it. Like I, I feel like I always like 
can't make it to that first like i may i made it to the first boss a couple times um but like i just feel like so bad at it and i always feel bad like it makes me feel bad when the like i'm trying to do everything right but i just get kind of like checkmated by the enemy or or i'm just watching as the enemy is like breaking all these buildings and i just feel so sad all right well if you're uh if you're smart enough or willing enough to figure out into the breach uh maybe i'm not smart enough Maybe you're not smart. I'm not smart enough for Marvel Snap, so I I get it. Um, so Into the Breach, yeah, like I said, adds a bunch of new squads to the game. Over 40, uh, or I should say nearly 40 new weapons, uh, different enemy types, which I feel like that's a big deal in a game like this to have that kind of variety. Different bosses, different types of missions, uh, different pilot abilities, and uh, for those who are willing, a new difficulty level. Uh, the most challenging one yet not for not for kirby difficulty i've beaten the game a couple of times uh and the every time you change squad uh there are some really neat squads uh there are ones who like gain bonus uh who want to be on fire that was one of my favorite ones who are all about like destroy like set everything on fire and set yourself on fire and then like run into the enemies and shit and i think that's really cool because it creates like these delicate balances of like well you want to set things on fire but you better not hit the buildings and and stuff like that that's really fun to play around with hell Uh, yeah uh the rollback coming to blaze blue central fiction it's hard to this is not a sexy thing i maybe not for a lot of people but it, it may be for us but uh, it's it's hard to understate how good this is. Um, if this gets people playing uh, Central Fiction and it gets people playing Tag, which Tag especially is pretty underrated, uh, then I think that's a good thing. I just think Tag that like, like rollback, uh, doing rollback good breeds a lot of life into these games. And um, having an update for Central Fiction um, and getting eyes back on it and it being finally you know into the future of the like this game is kind of safe um to play for you know for the years to come that there will always that that it plays well online and that you don't have to worry as much about that um and it is such a good complete game um i only wish that like even more people stayed on it but it but it did get like you know it, get, it gets that little surge of popularity and for the people who still love it or the people who are still playing it it's just an incredible um addition to the game how about hitman freelancer mode so this is an honorable mention because this game uh freelancer mode came out uh this year it came out and by this year i mean 2023 so it's brand new uh but it's been in the works for a really long time this was actually talked about uh with the first updates to hitman so they've been talking about this for years now uh do you know anything about this have you heard have you seen this one have you heard of this one no i haven't so freelancer mode uh, is a roguelite campaign mode uh, that's been added to Hitman 3. And when I say Hitman 3, I think that now it's called Hitman World of Assassination because the current version of the game <coughs> includes the full trilogy that's been uh, releasing over the last, um, I guess, like five or six years at this point. Uh, so it's a very comprehensive package. But the the freelancer mode is uh, you load you have like this home base, um, and from your home base you're trying to hunt down and defeat the syndicate. Uh, so you're taking these different contracts, and they'll be like, "Do you want to go after the infiltrator, the 
the transporter, the, the poisoner. And then like, you'll be sent on like a series of missions that are like all like, like they put you into the campaign missions, but like random starting points, like the, the enemies that you have to beat are like, you know, they, they're somewhere random. Uh, there are different types of like roadblocks in the way that are going to change the way that the, the mission plays out specific things like this one needs to be defeated using poison and you'll get this effect. Um, every three minutes, enemies are going to start hunting you down. Uh, but as you go through the missions, uh, you're also finding new opportunities. You're finding uh, couriers who are carrying items that if you pick up those items, you're going to get currency to unlock new gear. Uh, you could find chests uh, across the levels that have like gear in them. The stuff that you take out of the level is then added to your safe house and you can bring that into future missions. But if you fail a mission with that gear on you, you lose it. So it's it's a really interesting game mode if you look at um the, it, it's been like blowing up again. Like people are talking about this game. Uh it's been one of the top streamed games on Twitch uh for the last couple weeks now. Uh it is so fun to watch people succeed and it is equally fun to watch people fail because the, the new game mode is really hard. It's it because it's not really like set up with like a uh the the regular mode has like stories and, and quests that you could kind of like follow that'll help you get close to your target. And this one straight up doesn't have that. Uh and one thing that I think is really cool is some of the later missions, uh, they don't tell you who your target is. They'll just say like your target wears glasses, um, they have uh hair like this. Uh, they're wearing these shoes and they're going to be at a meeting in this area. So you have to like go through and try to figure out who your target might be. And you'll be like, all right, well, that person sort of matches the description. They have like armed forces with them. So I guess that's them. Uh, really interesting idea. And I feel like I'm going to be talking about it more uh, when we go back to our traditional uh, podcast format. Monsters Arise, Sunbreak, massive update for the game you did talk a little bit about this this was the my uh, my voice is getting uh uh coarse uh with all of this thankfully we're almost done we we have to let's let's we can speed it up and make it over the, the finish line this one is so big though uh because monster hunter rise sunbreak this is the ultimate expansion this is the g rank expansion the guild rank expansion to monster hunter rise uh which is introducing uh Updates and rebalances for every class, new abilities for every weapon, uh, doubling the size of the roster of, of monsters. Uh, one of my favorite updates is that they added these uh, hunting partners, uh, which is if you're playing the game solo and you want to have like a different, like a buddy with you, maybe you're playing like a tank and you want someone doing range damage. Uh, as you go through the campaign, you unlock. Uh, like the campaign, the story characters will come with you on hunts. You can upgrade them by doing like missions for them that are going to give them access to new weaponry, new loadouts that they can use on future hunts. Uh, and that's a really nice change. It's a really welcome change to just have like a, none of my friends are online, but I want to grind out some gear, but I want to make it a little bit more palatable. So you could do that. Uh, there is a, uh, really comprehensive endgame uh that really takes it to the next level where they're they reintroduce monsters to you that they've that you've already fought 
but they have this like anomaly virus attached to them that makes them act in unpredictable ways uh, that sort of changes their weak points and things like that. So you kind of have to relearn the fight. And as you do that, you're getting access to this stronger pinnacle gear that has perks on it that regularly it couldn't have, which is going to open up new gear possibilities, which kind of makes this like a game that you could play for a very, very long time, which Monster Hunter already was. Uh, with regards to Sunbreak, it, it introduced some really gorgeous, amazing new maps to the game, uh, which the game needed uh, because it, it was kind of sparse to begin with. So these new maps are a really welcome addition. The monsters are really great. The music is great. It's it's more of a great thing. It's uh, probably the best Monster Hunter game you could play right now is Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. And then the last on this list is uh, doesn't need a lot of explanation. Persona 5 Royale coming to Switch and PC release. Uh, uh, huge deal just because it's such a beloved game by many people, including this uh, this podcast. And I really wish it had come out earlier. Um, it's also, I, and I've talked about this before, but how weird is it? How crazy is it that um, for the longest time, Joker was a playable character in Smash, but the game wasn't available on Switch. Yeah, well, there's, I and guess there's, there's some like there's some games like that that that, uh, that and, and Smash people, does that. But I know, but people saw Joker on like it came out of nowhere, and people are like, "Oh fuck, Persona coming to Switch!" And it's like, technically, yes, it is. With eventually. with uh, with what what is what was All Stars or Strikers? whatever? Strikers, Strikers, yeah. Strikers, yeah, Strikers. Um, for me. The winner of this category of the best move is going to be the rollback netcode on Blaze Blue uh, Central Fiction. I had an awesome time with that game. I'm glad that I got to relook at that game and play it a lot. And I just love uh, uh, a, a fighting game getting a big update like this, getting rollback. Um, I want to see more of it. That like it makes me sad that like Uniclear doesn't have that yet. And uh, yeah, I just like uh, uh, out of all these, it's the one that just like I can't say enough good things about rollback. Yeah, so I think Hitman is the most interesting uh, as a as a singular update. I think that it does like a lot for a game. I think that it's free and interesting, but it's just an honorable mention because it came out this year. So maybe uh, if it sticks, if Hitman remains relevant uh, through the year, Hitman will win <laughs> the 2023 category. Uh, but for now, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak plus title updates. Uh, it's that's hard to beat. I mean, it is such an impressive package. The free content that they've released uh, after Sunbreak has been really great. It's it's just uh, it's it's what you want Monster Hunter to be. It's it's if you like Monster Hunter, you should be playing this. Uh, works on Steam Deck. It's Steam. It's it is it's it's good on Steam Deck. 60 frames per second on Steam Deck. No hitches. You play Sunbreak. It's great. All right. Let's try and get, right. get us past this. We have a James-specific James VR corner. So uh, I want to talk about a couple of games that I played on VR this year. I've talked about them through the year, uh, but we're going to bring up some of the best ones. So Pistol Whip, um, I'm going to say it at the top. Pistol Whip is going to win this category. Uh, did you play Pistol Whip? No, I finished Super Hot. Super Hot was not good. I did not like Super Hot VR. I thought that it was one of the worst offerings in VR. But anyways, Pistol Whip is a rhythm shooting game where it is sort of like a Virtua Cop game where it is like a um, 
which is, you know, one of those old school arcade games where you like have the gun and you're like shooting at the screen. Uh, so it's that and it, like on rails, but in VR and to music. Uh, and some of the music is really, really great. And this is also a game that really makes you feel like John Wick, where you are just like people are popping up and you're just like aiming the guns and like firing at them. And then they're like shooting these like slow moving bullets that you're like dodging to the beat. And it is so sick. And the my favorite level in this is um, it's a song that was on uh, Hotline Miami soundtrack. It's by Magic Sword. I think it's um, The Way Home. Oh, I love that and song. Yeah, so that song is in Pistol Whip. And if you like that song, you need to just buy Pistol Whip and play that song because it is like one of the most breathtaking VR experiences because you are walking through, like there is this like sci-fi world where there are like all of these like ships going by and like these giant larger than life robots. And, and you are just like cruising through and taking out these androids. And it is like, it is an experience that is like, so VR specific and so amazing. And I know a lot of people talk about this next one, Beat Saber, uh, as being like, this is the VR game. And that's fine. Beat Saber is such an amazing VR game. It is a game that can only happen in VR. But I would argue that Pistol Whip, just for the aesthetic, Pistol Whip nails the aesthetic. Like if you if you see what Pistol Whip looks like and you see it in motion, uh, the way that it looks is just so fucking cool. There, There's not a better word for it. It's just cool. It makes you feel like a badass. It makes you like get into the rhythm of these songs in a, in a way that like Beat Saber doesn't. And that's not to say that Beat Saber isn't awesome because I think that Beat Saber is probably the runner up to this category or maybe it's third. Uh, Until You Fall uh, is a is actually like it's a workout game that's disguised as like a, a melee combat game kind of an interesting idea half-life alex i talked about it already it's it's a full-scale half-life game uh that's really only understood through vr it's i think a lot of people own a valve index just to play this game and i would not tell them they made the wrong decision uh it is it totally justifies the price of vr but more than that uh it it's it shows what it, what is possible in VR? It is. It should be the gold standard, and it should be what a lot of companies are looking at when they. It surprises me that we don't have more VR games because how do you not play Half Life Alex and be like, this is the type of thing. This is the future. Like when you play Half Life Alex, you should think to yourself like, this is the future of gaming. This makes me feel a way that I've never felt before playing a video game because it is. It really is all around you. In, in a way that is incredible, especially I don't know if it's this way with the Oculus, but with the index, the precision of the hand movements, the way that it inter that it interacts with your specific fingers, it is just it's unreal. Um, Gorn is the funnier version of Blade and Sorcery, where you are fighting men made of liquid. You are in a it is gladiatorial combat with very pudgy men made of liquid, and it is. I, I think that it is so fun and I would love it is maybe the only game that's made me a little bit queasy in VR uh, just from how much you have to move around and because of how fucking wild and weird it is. Uh, the weapons that you get, you, you get like some really bizarre weapons like you at one point get lobster claws where you're like 
grabbing onto people with your lobster claws and just like tearing them apart and they're all they're all like made of plastic and liquid it's very weird uh boneworks i i think also is a game that you know people have talked about boneworks and bone labs uh, i'm not going to get too into them but extremely immersive physics based games where you could do things like uh grab a crowbar and use a crowbar to like help you climb a ladder or climb across something by holding it in your hands blade and sorcery already talked about it super hot vr i was i was super warm on super hot personally i don't know how you felt about about it but i was kind of like um unimpressed with it i remember it was, liking it a lot it was a little too trial and errory for me that, that is super hot though that can be super hot a lot of times it's like you you learn how to do it and then by the end of learning how to do it you feel like john wick like you know exactly where people pop up and yeah and finally phasmophobia the game that i got vr for it is <clears throat> it's probably the the most scared i could not <laughs> been play playing that game. A video game i would not play that game in vr uh, it's probably the, it's the most scared I've been playing VR. It is terrifying, but it is also very clunky uh, where it's like you have this belt of things and you're like struggling to to put things on like back on your belt. And like the, the, the ghost is coming for you. So you have to like turn out your light, but you're like fumbling with the controls and that like it makes it scarier. But it also is like I wish this were a little tighter. Uh, Pistol Whip wins this with a bullet. As nice. They say. Um, well, that was nothing to sneeze at. Kirby's Craven mobiles that are not Snap. Um, so a lot of, a lot of, this was an okay year for mobile game as, mobile games as it often is. I think that there's some really cool mobile games on the horizon. Um, we got Counterside this year, finally had a release, uh, globally, um, which was really good. I talked a lot uh, about it. It's also available on Steam. I, I think that's another cool thing about mobile games this year is that a lot of mobile games are doing PC or Steam clients, which I, I, I think is is really cool to have uh, a maybe more comfortable way to play these games in your house um, and then and then just be able to take it on the go on your phone. Um, Counterside is like got a pretty cool unique mechanic to it fights are uh it's like side scrolling um but there but but fights and you slowly as time goes on get more of this resource that lets you put units out so like there'll be really you know cheap units that you can put out really quickly but more or more powerful units that are more expensive got a really uh uh it was published by the company that developed it uh, which is very rare for mobile games so it was interesting it actually was um why is that rare um, cause usually there's like, usually there's like a development company and then there's, oh, there's a, usually like a giant Chinese conglomerate yeah. that's publishing. Yeah. Them. Usually yeah. it's like, it, it usually it's like there that here's the dev development company and here's the publisher and the publisher is going to say that like, is going to grime everything up. And I think that, uh, and make it like very <laughs> unfree, un like un slop it up. Yeah. They're going to just like make it's it slop sloppy. like sloppy steaks. They're just going to put water all over it and they're going to water down these games. But, um, uh, this is a, a one of those rare cases where the game was uh, published by who developed it, and uh, it, it it has a lot of love, like for for that um, for that reason. Um, Dislight, I played a ridiculously ton uh, of this game, and I I really enjoyed the hell out of it. I I remember saying how much like it, it's a uh, a ra very rare portrait style uh, gotcha game. But it's extremely, uh, uh, it, it's very, um, it, it's 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 more traditional in its regular gotcha kind of stuff where uh, it's a turn-based strategy. Ver like, you know, Counter-Shite obviously is very different, but this is a, uh, Dislight is a turn-based strategy. 
Um, it's it's got a like cyber cyberpunk slash like retro like or like neo futuristic but with gods look to it. Um, I liked it a lot. I just I just fell off of it um, eventually because I felt like I wasn't liking some of the the updates. But I, but I the time that I played it, I, I really enjoyed it. Out of all these, I think it has some of the best team building uh, out of any uh, gotcha. Neural Cloud is the probably the most unique one that I have on this list of of, of games I played this year. Uh, uh, it, it is a uh, I, I've talked about it a couple times, especially in like the uh, the other um, podcast we just did. Uh, but it is a it kind of works like a uh, a chess like an auto chess game where you have units that kind of funk do their own like f- that have their own like automatic functionality. But there's a lot of like really cool things you can do, and then and then the way that you kind of are doing the um, uh, uh, stages is like it's like a roguelite version of it where um, every you're, you're picking your route through a map, um, having easier fights with less rewards, harder fights with more rewards, encounters that give you like random things, sometimes negative things. Um, and uh, you are getting buffs that like work together in like interesting ways. Sometimes they work with the cl- types of classes of characters you could have. Sometimes they work with s- simpler stuff of like, you know, your, your character with the highest attack gets... Uh, a buff at the beginning of the round so it's really cool to get gotcha characters and then see them through this like uh this roguelite slash auto chest lens it's I, it's something that i've never seen done before it's really cool um nike i is uh the best uh performing out of out of all these that's that's for sure it is the second highest grossing uh uh mobile game i guess at least for for what we would call like gotchas um, behind Genshin Impact, which is still uh, disgustingly crushing it, but but Nikkei is doing fantastic. I, I kind of liked I kind of liked Genshin. Sometimes I think about it, but you know. I, I mean, like I, there was a lot that I liked about Genshin, but I just felt like I like I I've talked about it more, like why I fell off of Genshin a little bit. I felt like the updates were getting a little bit lazier in the beginning. The stories that Genshin were te- was telling, I think I've th- heard people saying really good things about the current stories. Yeah, I, I I don't know very much about them, but I I would just say that like there was there was a little while where they were telling these stories. They would have like and also there were there's these like uh, character specific stories you can yeah. go on and I... some of the the character specific stories in that game like break outside of mobile games or or just games as being just, I think like, fantastic if I had stories. a better phone I'd be more into it yeah I just got a new phone I just got the 14 XS max and I've kind of been thinking about downloading again but then part I've been of me thinking just... about getting like one of those like Samsung uh flip phones that like has the bending screen oh, the bendy boys dude they look so sick yeah I, I'm all, I'm almost thinking about downloading it again just but but it's like it would be kind of sad because I think one of the things that really made me fall off of Genshin is it is like a great so so it's it's complicated to talk about this but in 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 games that are only pve usually i would uh i would say that like they're not pay to win or anything like it's not pay to win right like genshin there's no there's no uh uh pvp you're never comparing yourself to other people and you can complete any thing any bit of content with the free characters you get and then you slowly get you know rolls over time but that being said 
Kenshin is has got its own little Marvel snap frustration because I felt like when I played, I was playing Genshin for months and months, and I felt like whenever there was updates, it was like, here's a new character. It's they seem so cool. Here's how they like they're cool new mechanics. They're way cooler than the other characters that the game initially gives you, and the system for getting them is horrible. It's horrible. There's a there's a pity timer, but the pity timer. Um, it, 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 when it, when the pity goes off, it's like, I, I forget the number of rolls. It's like a, after 120, after like 12, 10 pulls, you have to get a five-star character or whatever, but it splits the chance of you getting that character, um, to be, it's 50% the character on the banner. And then the other 50% is split between every other, you know, other five-star character. So you can lose the pity roll and, like not get the character you want after like 120 rolls, which is really frustrating. It's like you just want to play with some of these new characters, and it it is like the it, Genshin Impact is probably I would say for like for out of all the gotchas I've played, it is like the least uh, uh, friendly to like to free to play players or whatever with the currency. Like it, you have to like the game like makes a point of it being like, oh, I'm sorry, the the uh, the the D, the the uh the update took so long to download here's like you know 50 of the current of the currency and it takes like 300 or whatever of the currency to do yeah. like one yep. single roll and it's like yeah. what the fuck are you giving me like that's like pennies why you didn't even give me like a singular full roll like it, it feels so hard to save up for units in that game and you know like it it's similar to the snap thing it's like you know, you you they come out with an amazing trailer. They show off the unit. All the they'll have stories that are the unit. You will usually like be showed off a lot in the current um, stories that are going on, where the unit starts to like yeah. kind of play a role. And then it's like you can't even get you these units half the time, even if you're like wailing for them. So I hated that kind of stuff. That has nothing. Oh to... yeah, that kind of stuff is really like Like it really blows the wind out of the sails. And you have to imagine though that like some people just get like the feeling of getting it and of getting like the rare character is like insane. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of cases, it's like I said, it's like, it's not pay to to win or anything. It's like, you're usually getting characters that like literally work better. But I think also another thing for like Genshin, (laughs) this is like a Genshin, not a, not about Genshin, but I remember how bad it was that you just kept getting Barbara and Barbara is like a good (laughs) healer, but she's not fun. I, meanwhile, I had characters like Mona who, when she's sprinting goes underneath the ground and like can also like sprint across pools of water because she just becomes this like puddle that can go across the top of water. So characters like that, it's like so fun when you get a character like that because it changes the traversal of the game. It's an open world game and suddenly like you have new options for moving around and that's so cool. But but and like they do they I think they I see I've been seeing ads where they re- recently released a floating character one that like flies around which is like the first of the of of its that type in, in Genshin like imagining the ways that it changes your your terrain your the way you think about like you know climbing or whatever when you have a character that can like float a little bit or whatever it's, so there's cool things but it's like it's sad that this is the way that they choose to handle it but um uh back to Nikkei I guess uh Nikkei is uh uh a uh game by shift up who did destiny child uh known for their very uh lewd kind of art style um and they 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 did it again guys and that's probably why it's so popular um but it is unique um as far as gotchas go it's a shooting game it kind of works like 
uh, uh, time cop because you mentioned like your your characters kind of are at the front of the screen and you're and you like uh, you make them shoot at like the enemies and um, you can if you're not shooting they take cover uh, the bosses are uh really interesting a lot of times they require like you know a lot of knowledge on the mechanics um but i think the thing that that like uh uh, obviously the game is insanely fan servicey so i think it'll be like a turn off to a lot of people and a turn on to a lot of people um the the stories that nikkei is telling are surprisingly good they're way better than it deserves to um to, to tell the stories and i think it's one of the it is one of the really rare mobile games maybe literally Nikkei and um, uh, Genshin Impact are like two of the only gotcha games that I've ever like just stopped to read every single thing that I can find. Like I never skip through any of the dialogue in Nikkei because it, I think it's like it's not the best thing in the world, but it's like simplistic. They do a good job of characters have, you know, good motivations. They have good personality so that kind of stuff is 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 good and the and the and i as the game has gone on i've been more and more impressed with uh the mechanics of the game and like the the shooting of it and how much like the more late game stuff requires a lot of um precision and like a lot of like actually playing it pretty well um path to nowhere i played a little bit this is kind of like arc knights but a lot more technical at where you can move the units around it's a tower defensey kind of game has a cool um dark grim dark art style torchlight infinite came out this year um it's kind of sad because torchlight infinite is a much plays much worse than diablo but is more free to play and like it kind of there's not a lot of classes in these in the in that game so i kind of got bored of it quickly but and it doesn't quite pl- have that impact that diablo has but diablo obviously has its own problems and then also this year just worth mentioning um slay the spire and Apex Legends came out, and uh, people love those those versions. Like the mobile Apex Legends, people apparently think is like fantastic, works very well. And Slay the Spire has had a had a launch, and I just wanted to mention it because it's like one of my favorite games of all time. Um, if I uh, picking one of them, I, it feels insane because like a, a Neural Cloud, I think is the one I would recommend to most people. Uh, uh, it, it has some of the most unique interesting mechanics out of any of these and it is like awesome very free-to-play friendly doing a lot of good things and got the coolest most unique stab or one one of the most unique stabs along with like you know nikkei also is pretty unique but i think sadly uh or not sadly i'm giving it to nikkei actually because uh it's the one that has me playing it the most uh like for for reasons other than how uh ridiculously france fan service it is it is and it has been getting like fantastic updates and amazing support probably because it's like it made uh uh 40 million last month it's pretty good to make 40 million dollars in a month for like this smaller uh game company um and uh that is my my shame that i that i bear honestly on this podcast so game of the year let's get through with this um, so usually the way that we do this is we choose, uh, we used to just choose three games each with one game being the game of the year, but I have a list of five. I have a list of five in order. All right. So let me talk to you about my honorable mentions. All right. Yeah, I know we got to, we got to wrap it up, but I got some honorable mentions. So the first one is modern warfare two. Uh, I think it's a really comprehensive package. It's call of duty, modern warfare two. The second one call of duty, modern warfare two, 2022 electric boogaloo right 
Uh, you've got the DMZ mode. You've got the Warzone mode. I think the multiplayer is really great. Tons of custom customization. And uh, this is the Call of Duty game that we're all going to be playing next year, too, which is rare. really exciting. Huh? They don't. Yeah, it's the rare. They don't do that. They've never done it uh, since Call of Duty 4 has come out. It's been one a year every year. This is the first time it's going to be a two-year game. I, If it were me, I'd say make it a forever game. Just make it this one. This is the one. It's very, very good. Uh, another honorable mention was Grounded, released this year. It's on Game Pass. It's on everything. I think that uh, the world in Grounded is fantastic. Uh, it's a pretty scary game. Really, really great opportunities for building stuff. Really nice and co-op. Like I said, the server architecture in this game is really impressive. Um, so really great game to jump in with with friends. So the top five list, making number five, is uh, Marvel Midnight Suns. Nice. So this is the uh, turn-based strategy game by Firaxis, the team that did XCOM. I got to play this game. Uh, it's really, really great. Uh, specifically, like there, these game, this game happens in two halves. Half of it is you chilling with your buddies. Uh, that part is just okay, but the combat where you're getting there, it's a the characters each have a deck of cards, eight cards that they go into combat with, three characters. So you get 24 cards that you're going through. Like a, so, it's got like a deck building element. It's got like a strategy element. Has these into the breach elements where you're like manipulating the terrain. You're like knocking enemies around. Uh, the new DLC, which added Deadpool, is very cool. He's a cool character. Pretty annoying, but neat, neat mechanics. Uh, Magic, amazing character. My favorite character in the game to play is Magic. She makes these portals to Limbo. You knock people through the portals. It's just badass. Her gear is badass. That's Marvel Midnight Suns. Number four, Vampire Survivors. Uh, we, we had our conversations on it already. Um, I, I think that it's best in class. Uh, bullet heaven game it's it's on mobile now i'm pretty sure that it's like either cheap or free on mobile with none of the bullshit so there's really no excuse not to check this game out uh you could play it practically anywhere on anything and uh it's it's just straight dopamine it just delivers it to you direct it doesn't hide it or obfuscate it you just straight dopamine right into your right into your body uh elden ring number three whoa number three can you believe it? It's, out of, it's a 10 out of 10 game, uh, but it's number three. And it was a toss up whether Elden Ring was going to go as number two or number three. I have no idea um, how the rest of this list is going now. But it's number three, uh, Elden Ring. I think that uh, it's a really terrific game. Uh, and I think that the further away we get from it, um, the more we sort of start to blend some of the goods with the bads. I think there are moments in this game that I'm never going to forget. Um, which maybe makes it a number two contender, right? Like this might be number two on the list. You could say there might be a tie between number two and three, but uh, there are also some parts of this game that, uh, you know, when I was in the midst of it, when I was in the thick of it, I don't really like to talk or think about the negatives of a game uh, when I'm in the middle of playing it, because I, I kind of like to be in there with, a, with an optimistic point of view. Uh, so while I was in the midst of playing Elden Ring, I didn't want to hear any shit about Elden Ring. But once I finished it and got through it, I was sort of able to look back on it and be like, well, I had this issue with it and this issue and this issue. Um, the balance was a bit off in that game. It felt like every 
and that's to its credit, I think that it's kind of interesting because depending on which build you bring into the game, you're going to struggle at different parts of the game, which is actually kind of exciting when you consider multiple playthroughs. Because if you went through the game with a different playthrough with a different build, you might struggle in a place where the first time around it was kind of easy to you. And that's kind of neat. But when I think about replaying that game, I also think about uh, the parts of that game that I didn't. Uh, which is a lot of the repeat dungeons and caves and things like that that were all kind of samey. Also, this game, I, I had some technical struggles with this game when it came out that kind yeah. of mired my experience. Um, so it's a 10 out of 10 game, but it's, it's, it's probably even better now that they've really figured that out because I had stuttering on a, on a 3080. Uh, they also changed a lot I, of the balance, on, so I do feel like you know, like maybe... On a, on a 10700, I had stuttering. Yeah. Uh, you know, say we will about the ashes system. I thought it was a pretty neat idea. I can understand why people might not like it. Um, so Elden Ring, it's either a number two or a number three, uh, with Marvel Snap being that number two or number three tie game. We don't have to talk about Marvel Snap anymore. Uh, but Marvel Snap is a game that I spent a ton of time with this year. Um, you know, even in just those last few months. Uh, it's a game that regularly frustrates me, but also regularly is, is satisfying to me. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I think that they're going to go in the right direction, but I also feel like this is maybe a game that was at its best when you're climbing through and you're getting those new cards and you're trying to figure out, like, where do these new cards go? And I'll have to see if uh, the way that they release content is going to be exciting enough to justify another year of Marvel Snap. But for 2022, uh, it was one of my favorite games to play, favorite games to watch, and favorite games to talk about. I'm shocked. Uh, what is number one? Because now I'm very confused. It's uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. I thought I thought so, yeah. Is number one. I think that uh, a good Monster Hunter game is, uh, is, is the best you can do in video games. <laughs> like, Monster Hunter... It has everything. It fires on all cylinders. Uh, it, it is such like a comforting and cozy game where you're looking at that food, you're listening to that music. Uh, when you get back from a mission, like from a challenging mission, it feels so great to be in that hub, to bring the parts that you brought back to the armor to see what you can make. Um, and and it, this was a game that I, I had a group of four people I, you know, we were all using different weapons. I tried out all the different weapons. They all feel so cool and make you feel like such a badass. The the new mechanics they added to the bow, uh, this is maybe the best the bow has ever felt. Um, where they added these mechanics, one of my favorite abilities was the ability to fire this like beacon into an enemy, where then as you would shoot shoot at it more, you would deal extra damage. It was very cool. Um, really, uh, just a just a really great package and. Uh, very comprehensive. They keep releasing updates. The new update coming out soon. Title update for new monsters, uh, new cosmetics, new missions, and the ability to play as the hunting guides. Really just a game of the year 2022 for me is Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Uh, my five, it's, it, this is a hard year, and it's best, especially because of some of the games where it's like tomato or like or, orange and apple kind of things. Tomato, um, potato. Yeah, and, and I feel like it's like like I've been thinking about this, and it's we're now we're in February, and it's like I feel like it changes every time I do it. But now it is time to to do the list. Um, I I would say definitely like uh, uh, there's tons of like uh, 
games that I'd want to mention. I feel like Bone Razor Minions I played a ridiculous amount that I really loved. Vampire Survivors, 20 Minutes Till Dawn. Uh, those games uh, uh, I, I played a ton of this year. Um, but for five, uh, I'm going to say Hack. I really loved Hack. I thought that it was like a great uh, uh, offering. It was like exactly... Uh, it, it was it was perfect every minute of it. Uh, the the abilities you get are very fun. It's one of the better Metroidvania games I've ever played. It felt cool to play it. The abilities um, uh, constantly being useful and um, them kind of having these very like technical rooms that utilize all the abilities you're getting is is really cool. Um, number four is Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I usually Ooh, I don't play Kirby games, but, that's a spicy I, one. but this game nice. was awesome. This game was like so amazing i beat it and i did a lot of the uh extra stuff there is a ton of late game stuff to do in this game it is fantastic it is a very very fun game um they the uh i i I really like how well it does platforming how good it looks the music is amazing in fact like it's one of the games that has such good music that you might not realize it but a lot of times that you're like you might be listening to like a youtube like vlogger or like game like someone like talking about games or like you're you're watching a donkey video and they're they're using music from this game like they're this game actually has a couple songs that i've heard uh in like you know tiktoks or like in youtube videos um so it's fantastic and there's so much like the the fact that there's like a lot of upgradable stuff and a lot of collectible stuff makes it so that there's if like the fact that there's like sort of a progression i think is a lot better i that i kind of miss that kind of stuff in mario where you're literally just like you're collecting stars to maybe you know progress to get like unlock like a harder new world or something but nothing about your kit is changing and in kirby and the forgotten land you actually are getting upgrades and changing the way you play uh number three is dnf duel there's a lot of we we talked a lot about dnf duel and there's a lot of problems and some of them are being fixed and there is going to be a new season but it's hard to beat how good this felt up front. I just had a phenomenal time. I had such a good time for a month or two with this game um, before it started getting kind of cracked and became all about the um, guard-breaking stuff. But the characters are great. It feels awesome to play. It looks incredible. I was very excited about this game, and um, uh, it, it was. I had an awesome time with it. I wish that it got some better support up front. I wish that I think it would be doing better now. Um, and then finally, uh, my top, my two and one keep constantly changing because they are horribly, uh, apple and oranges. Um, it's obviously a snap and Elden ring. Um, but if I had to, you know, I have to, and I think it's insane that I'm going to do this because it feels bad, but number two is Elden ring. Um, oh, yeah. I, you, you said a, a lot of the things that I would say about it. It like Elden Ring is like the moments of it, especially in the beginning, it's like an 11 out of 10. Nothing else is ever been like it. It is so it's incredible. an unbelievable experience when you first start it. And I would recommend it to anybody. Like it's, I wouldn't recommend Marvel snap to anybody, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, actually probably I would. would. Um, but, but it is, it is so easy to say, like, if you haven't played Elden Ring, just, just play it. Like it's if you like video games, it's crazy if you don't play this one. Yeah, it's so good. It, it's it's just that they when the, the the opening like forty or so hours of this game, it feels like the game. There's infinite possibility. It's before you're starting to see the you know the lack of care a little bit later in the. And it's not to say it's bad. I I, I would still like 
have to write this game down as like a 10 out of 10 right and and that's with like a huge a ton of problems but um i like just like you said i think that over the year like the beginning of it it was like this game has like when we were first playing it for the first two weeks or so it just felt like this game had infinite potential that there was nothing ever like it that it was the best game of all time and then as you play it more and you finish it and stuff it it, it doesn't you know so it, I don't think it looks quite as good uh, in in retrospect. It doesn't look good as good in the the rearview mirror as it does while you're playing it because it has all these weird balancing issues. And when we played it initially, there was some really weird broken builds. So that like builds that like trivialize things. And um, I think that as you it, you you can't you know this this is not fair to say about it, but it's like when the when the when everything is unknown. And it just feels so infinite and so so much potential. And those first time of seeing those crazy things, you can never get that back. But then once you do, the game feels a lot smaller when it's a known quantity. Um, and uh, and I I don't feel like the uh, the the kind of combat took a good they 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 took a weird step backwards, making it much more Dark Soulsy than. Sekiro or um, or Bloodborne, it, it's kind of weird that it went backwards in that way. And then I'm giving one to Marvel Snap, which I think is unbelievable. I could not have believed that this would happen. I'm on the podcast literally saying, you know, that there's no chance that uh, Elden Ring would be dethroned when I was playing it, that, like, this is the game of the year, that it would be unbelievable if it gets dethroned. And by getting dethroned of all things by a mobile card game a marvel ben mobile road has done it again it's it's unbelievable to me that i liked it as much as i do and that i play it as much as i do i think that i i'm giving it this be the 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 game of the year because the from when it came out to like even now less so now in this season because our friend group is a little frustrated by it uh it the the it, it's like the we 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 were just for months just constantly like i would look at my phone and it would be updates about you know you got this card and, and what decks should you make with it or oh did you see recently the new meta the meta game is changing people are using this card that was useless before and now it's useful now or you know when it came down to like all the crazy plays i i just think that it's insane how much how much content marvel snap has given me and how much like fun and and stuff it's given me it it marvel i i think that Marvel Snap is the best um, card game ever released. I think, th and I, I say that as someone who grew up with playing Magic and, and Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. And I think Magic uh, uh, Marvel Snap is the best mobile game ever released. I say that as someone who play who like talks about mobile games and plays gotchas all the time. There's no mobile game that like is this active or this constantly appealing and uh, engaging. And interesting, and like we've we talked about it a lot, so like I don't want to belabor the point, but it's but I I man like it it, it really like changed from when Marvel Snap came out. It, you, you could I could I, it it changed the rest of my year completely. Where suddenly I just started reading all this Marvel stuff, stuff watching all this Marvel stuff. Mm -hmm. I got Disney Plus to to watch and consume every Marvel thing I could. Even, I, even your uh, significant other is playing Marvel Snap. Yeah, I, I I got so many people into Marvel Snap. I got my significant other into Marvel Snap. I got uh, my L yeah my LTCP into Marvel Snap. I got my partners at work into Marvel Snap. People, random people at work, come up to me to be like 
to be like, oh, you talked about Marvel Snap a lot, and now look at me, I'm collection level 300, 400. Oh my God, show me like what what variants you have, like show me what level, what uh, uh rank you're at, and all this kind of stuff. So it just it it was like Marvel. And now Snap, you're like I'm fucking infinite. It was a zeit like I I I can't say it more than like in my life Marvel Snap was a zeitgeist. It was like it 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 consumed everything after it came out. It was just like a thinking about Marvel snap, talking about Marvel snap, playing Marvel snap, think, thinking about Marvel. Uh, it's just crazy. Like it, it just completely was a big deal to me this year. And that's why it's game of the year. And that's why you don't. And, uh, next time we're on this podcast, we're going to be doing our, uh, predictions podcast it's going to be an easier predictions podcast because we're already <laughs> two months into the year so uh, so we're going to be really hot on this one i think we're going to be able to guess some some pretty cool uh hitman uh, freelancer mode is going to bring hitman back into the public eye uh with, an update for 20, marvel 20, snap will come out that, that will frustrate galloway hmm an update comes Gallo- out. any any game that galloway plays long enough he'll be frustrated yeah i mean i i, I think that too that's true of like any of literally anything of like like how do you get the magic back from anything you're doing when you've done it a billion hours right like it starts to every little thing starts to frustrate you or you can like focus on anything i think that was a really awesome podcast i think we did a good job thanks not to toot our own horns i think we i think we had some cool categories this year i hope that people enjoyed it again i i hope that i don't have i don't think i'll have the problems that i did with the last podcast, I think it was an issue with the truncate silence, but I'll make sure that um, that doesn't happen again. I don't know why it happened this time versus other times, but I'm not signing us out. They know where we are. Uh, you can find us at all the places. It's been you know it's been it. four hours. Thank you, you Ryan Galloway. I'm not even doing way. the rest for the first time. I'm not doing the rest of it because um, I did it in the beginning anyway. So. Uh, 2023 huh oh snap <laughs> is that the oh snap 2023 uh, oh snap is that the that's our sign out now i don't know our sign out is not knowing what our sign out is it is at this point just us talking at the end of the podcast like how did we get here again another week in the year uh, like we made it we've been making it entire years without having like a dedicated sign out yeah, we just don't have it yet. All right. I'm and that's the eat. way the news goes. We're not allowed to say that one. Oh, that one's that one's not good anymore. That one's canceled. Canceled. Sorry. Can- the, the, and and uh, I'm just I'm just hearing right now that that as the music is is playing right now that we are canceled and um, you have a good run, James. I shouldn't have been uh, positive about how I'm like. It's really uh, back to fighting. Yeah. Bye.